Wait a minute. You like wrestling. Of course I like wrestling. That's why I hate it. Outlaws. Wrestling is better than the things you like. Outlaws. You'll take those rattlesnake fangs and you'll stick them right in my ass. What? ask you a question yep um, i'm going to ask you a question at the start of the episode and then i'm going to ask you the same question at the end of the episode and i just want you to answer with whatever comes naturally okay okay so we've got a number of different eras of professional wrestling agreed yes we've got the rocking wrestling era mm-hmm. the new generation the attitude era the ruthless aggression era the pg era we're agreed on that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What's your favourite colour? Nice and Blue. fast. Cats or dogs? Cats. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. What's the best era of professional wrestling? Attitude era. Okay. <laughs> but I think I'm wrong. Would I Keep take that in mind? No, think no, about no, it? No, 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 no. <laughs> Keep that in mind. And I'll ask you again at the end of this episode. Oh, no. <laughs> Welcome to episode 51 the middle-aged outlaws podcast today we are going to climb the mountain that is the attitude era and we're i would say we're almost reaching the the peak of the attitude era we are in april 1999 just coming off the raging climax that is wrestlemania 15 yep. an unbelievable tagline that is when you think it mm-hmm. that could be the netflix um show about vince mcmahon eh? The raging climax. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Before we go any further, yes, it is episode 51. We're talking back last night and nine. It was my pick, and <clears throat> I've spent the last few days feeling horrendous for picking this show. Um, but before we go any further, I'm going to give a very quick outlaw shout out to one of our biggest fans, Adam. His name is Luca. I'd like you to give him a shout out right now. Hey, Luca. Fantastic. Okay. It's April 1999. Everything's edgy and crazy, and South Park is on the rise. I would probably guess around about this point in time. Yeah. Stone right. Cold Steve Austin is an ass kisser, kicker. <laughs> Hold on. Ass kicker. Um, celebrity death match is probably one of the biggest things that. going. So let's talk about that. Era. Of our lives. Uh, albums released in April 1999, Adam. Nas, I Am. The Cranberries, Bury the Hatchet. No suede this week, but I guarantee you, you're a, you're a Cranberries man. Oh, yeah, I liked some Cranberries songs. Yep. Some some singles that were that were big around this time. Blink-182, What's My Age Again? Nice. Timeless. Fat Boy Slim, Praise You. Oh, Wow. Okay, uh, and back and the Backstreet Boys. I want it that way. Okay, what did they and mean? And Adam's gonna sing that. Nah, 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 I'll leave it. Okay, doc. <laughs> um, some young whippersnappers that were born in this month. Oh. Uh, Isaac Hempstead Wright. 
a man yes. better known for lying on his back for multiple seasons of TV. Get your mind out of the gutter, Adam. It's Bran from Game of Thrones. Okay. <laughs> uh, Lil Nas X. Okay. You aware of? I've 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 heard of okay. him. That's, yeah. That's a, uh, and Chase Young, quarterback quarterbacker for the San Francisco 49ers. Oh. Okay. He is, isn't he? Uh, Chase Young. Chase Young. Chase Young's the uh, he's a defensive guy, isn't he? Uh, Redskins. Uh, oh, no, they're bad. not called that anymore. I'm not even allowed to say that. Uh, Washington. Commanders. Commanders. I couldn't remember what they've called themselves now. Yeah. Uh, two two um, two deaths that I think would have impacted on both our lives at this time, both for very different reasons. One, Jill Dando. Oh, really? Is that that long ago? Wow. Quite a big one. And the insurance policy, Ravishing Rick Rude. Oh, got it. Yeah. Wow. Time flies. Absolutely. Uh, UK number one in the music charts at this time, Adam. Right, at this time. Right, 1999. Okay. Okay. Uh, Spice Girls. No. Uh, we mentioned, I've just mentioned the, the band earlier very briefly. We spoke about them last time. Oh. And I said, you're definitely a fan of this band. Oh. The song title is something that you require in your house to <laughs> record this podcast. <laughs> oh. Toilet. Uh, Bye. I, I, I don't know. These are terrible, terrible uh, clues I'm giving you. It's Electricity by okay. Swede. Ah, of course. We spent all that time talking, sweet. Uh, the US number one, Billboard number one, was actually sang, but not like, hold on, let me start that again. The song that was number one in America at this time was sang on this pay-per-view. What? <laughs> oh, I don't remember anything being sang on this pay-per-view. I'll give you. Well, I'll give you even further of a clue. Yeah, you'll have to. It was sung by Charles Wright himself, the Godfather. What was he singing? I mean, he said, "Gold dust, you'll not be getting any of these hoes," because was it no scrubs? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. By uh, TLC. Beautiful. Two points. I needed, uh, yeah, you had to walk me there, but I got I got there. Yeah, you got there. The horse drunk from the water, <laughs> as they yeah. say. They don't say that. <laughs> uh, UK box office. Hmm. I've not seen this film. It stars Nicolas Cage. You've not seen this film? No, I'm afraid not. Right, so both of these things, like my first instinct was like, it'll be like American Pie or something like that, because it's 99 and that oh, must that, have been around uh, then. Absolutely. Yeah. It definitely didn't have Nicolas Cage in it, and you probably have seen it, so it's not that. Mm. Imagine Nicolas Cage as Jim's dad in American <laughs> Pie. He's such a different type of film. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. I can't picture a... I can't think of a big Nicolas Cage film from around then. Is it is it maybe um like based around a snuff movie? Eight millimeter. 
Oh, I've, I don't know if I've ever seen that. I've, I've heard oh. of it. Okay. Mm. Um, the, the, the movie that was top of the box office in America, you have heard of. Um, hmm, I wonder if it's too much of a... It's, it's like 1999 movies. Like you were kind of there with American Pie because it's of its time. Um, oh, if, I, if I say what I want to say, it gives too much away. So I'm not going to. So I'll let you have a couple of guesses. Oh, man. Uh, just like totally open guesses. All right. Uh, um, uh, Phantom Menace. Uh, no. That's a, I, I've not even, I'm not even sure when that came out. So I can't even say if it's a good guess. I'll tell I was you a was student going. at the time. So it was somewhere in that three-year window. Uh, mm. So April 99, we're not that far off coming off Columbine. Uh-huh. Um, and the Undertaker, a bit of trivia for you, is not wearing a trench coat as he comes to the ring uh, during this, this pay-per-view because of the backlash uh, in relation... That's not funny because it's in relation to lots of people dying. Uh-huh. So shut up. Anyway, this film also could have been blamed for Columbine because of the same thing. Because of the coat? Oh, come on. Is it the Matrix? Yes! Yes! <laughs> well, wow. I didn't say that like that was obvious. Well done. All right, I, I, yeah, the quote actually was maybe a bigger hint than you thought it would be. I don't know why it was, but it just went in my head. Well played. Did you notice that about Undertaker? He wasn't wearing the quote. No, didn't pick up on it at all. Oh, well, fuck me for mentioning it then. <laughs> okay. Let's do it. Backlash 99, the movie motion picture. Let's hear your fan cast, Adam. Okay, okay. I, I take it we're working on the basis that Barry Corbin is always cast as JR from now Yeah, on. so I didn't recast Barry Fantastic. Corbin. Why would I stuck you? with it. Now, I, I spent a bit of time thinking I can surely get a better king than Sean Astin, but then other ones started, like other characters started getting in the way. Um, so I didn't come up with another one for King. Okay. I spent a bit of time on Austin. I'm trying to decide if I'm happy with where I landed. Okay. Um, I'm landed... really unhappy on where I've landed, so I'll okay. welcome yours. I've landed on Woody Harrelson. That's exactly what I've got as well. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that just means it's as good as it's going to get. He... I'm trying to think of it. A character where he's if you google steve austin like movie then that's one of the things that comes up because he's got a bald okay. head he can play like mental characters but i just don't i don't i couldn't find anybody that i thought could play austin I, I more went to um like there was a little bit of natural born killers in my mind because i okay. was thinking you know he's, he's pretty cold in that uh, stone Cold, even. Um, oh, Jelly McFreeze. But I was also, you know how he's played all these, like, comedy characters, but you never quite know where the line is with them, like in Zombieland or something like that, where there's a hint of aggression there, but he's kind of funny, and that, that, that mm. helped me think, yeah. I, I couldn't think of anyone better than that. Uh, see, you've sold me on that now. Okay. Yeah, you've sold Good. me. The Rock. Oh, I 
massively struggled with the rock. I found that harder. <laughs> I bet you've done the same as me. I'd, um, well, I wrote down um, initially Jason Momoma. Is that him? Yeah. He's, that getting some, you... he's getting dollars from us, like. And then I was like, uh, I was thinking, I mean, it's too cheap to have like Roman Reigns do it or something like that. It just seems a bit easy. But then mm-hmm. I thought if you were doing a Roman Reigns film, you would have Jason Momoma because that just looks like it works. Or you, or you could get Rob Trujillo from Metallica to be involved in that as well. Oh, yeah, that would work. It could be yeah. stunt double. So after, in my notes, in my notes after Jason Momoma, I just wrote, that's a bit shit, isn't it? Try and think <laughs> of something else. And then I've clearly, if I've thought of anything else, I've not written it down. Um, did you Did you have a good rock? No, I think you might be really disappointed in me. I went with the guy that plays him in Young Rock. All right, okay. I mean, yeah, I, it crossed my mind to do it. I did, he, he's good. He is good. Um, I yeah. it, mm, haven't seen him in that sort of almost porn-esque um, bastardization of The Rock's life. Seeing him up on the big screen as The Rock probably would fly, but that's mm. all I had, unfortunately. Yeah. However, okay. I can take that bar that's just been lowered all the way to the floor and I can push it all the way back up again with my Shane McMahon. Oh, why do I have not you... have... I, I don't have Shane McMahon written down. Oh, my oh. goodness. I've guest ref, the ball special there. guest referee. Oh, I've dropped the ball. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Miles Teller. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> he, he really actually, there's a lot of similarities there, and he's mm-hmm. quite annoying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that works. I, I don't that. think you would beat that. Nice. I've, I've just realised I've got Jason Momoa and his Undertaker. <laughs> he's going to be a busy man. See, I I tried to think of another one because I'd had David Boreanaz last time, and again, I was struggling with that because I think I put too much thought into my shamrock. Oh, right. who did who did you end up with? For... Now you know how he used to fly off the handle, mm-hmm. and it used to be his thing that he snapped. Well, we've actually mentioned this guy already on the show. I put Nicolas Cage. Amazing! I like that. I, I, I can see that working. Yeah. And he, he got jacked for playing Superman that time. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've seen the recent uh, bits and pieces of filming for that um, Roadhouse um, re- remake or whatever it is that they're making with, with Conor McGregor, have you? I've I've heard about it and not seen anything related to it. So, so, so I take it Jake Gyllenhaal's character must be an, a former MMA fighter. So okay. they recently had him filming scenes at one of the most recent UFCs. Uh, he was in the ring, he was doing the weigh-ins. Um, he was like fully jacked up, looking like a fighter. So I went with Gyllenhaal for, for Ken Shamrock. Nice. He's got the, I think he's got the range to play a nutter. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. How do you think he would react if he was asked to be involved in a storyline with his off-screen lover, on-screen sister? So that's the question. Yeah. I mean, I imagine he, if it's for a film, he'll just throw himself into that. He'll be fine with that, I would have thought. Yeah. Maggie Gyllenhaal cast as Ryan Shamrock then. Yeah. Easy done. Stick yeah. a blonde wig on her. We're laughing. She's not on the pay-per-view, but let's not let yeah. that get in our <laughs> way. Um, did you have a? Did you have anyone else? I've got a boiler. I've got um, boiler room brawl participants and Stephanie. 
Okay, I've got a uh, Triple H and X Pac. Yes, oh yes. <laughs> right. So um, Triple H, I've decided uh, Charlie Hunnam would be a good Triple H. Beautiful. I definitely would. That's good, uh, by the way. As long as he didn't fuck up his accent. Yeah. Because yeah. you might get a bit of Geordie in there, a little bit of yeah. South Africa. That's a bit of a worry. Um, That's now, good casting. I've landed. <laughs> I think I just ended up like, I don't know, trying to think of short actors. And it's really unfair on X-Pac, who's probably way taller than me. But um, I've ended up with, I'm not sure about this one, but I've ended up with Ben Stiller. <laughs> I'd like to know what you're thinking. Right. Just short. Okay. But short, right. But also, have you ever seen, like, I, I don't know if it was so much of a film, or maybe it was there was a music video he was in for a P Diddy music video, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, where he was like P Diddy had moved in next door and he was the party house Locks and Ben Stiller was like knocking on the door and just like it's not going to fly, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, but then basically inviting himself to the party despite you know having a go about all that. And for some reason that made me think of X Pac. I don't know why. Hey, you've got your justification. I respect it. Um, okay. Do you have anyone else? Uh, that's all I've got. Okay, I've got um, because Stephanie plays such a integral part of all yeah. this. I've got Emma Stone playing Stephanie. Can see that. Yeah, that would we, work. Better find somebody to play Vince to <clears throat> on the lips. <laughs> anyway, we'll get to that. And for the boiler room brawl participants, I've got Paul Walter Hauser playing Mankind. Um, you know who that is, the gentleman yeah, from, from Blackbird. Yeah. Blackbird, yeah. Um, and I have got the mountain from Game of Thrones playing the big show. Okay. Big, sh- big show getting a serious Hollywood blow up. <laughs> oh, we're going to, yeah. Well, um, I think anytime we're doing this in future, I'm going to have to try and remember the ones that I've got that I'm really happy with and the ones that are a bit shit. That I feel like I need to try and upgrade. Okay. The Ben Stiller one is up there. <laughs> Isn't it weird that we can really think of great Austin and Rocks? Like, if they ever did make like an attitude era type, I don't know, something, mm-hmm. I feel like it would be really hard to cast them. They'd yeah. have to go with unknowns. Yeah, I, I think just because I, for Austin in particular, I can't imagine anyone but Austin being Austin. Yeah, it'd be. He's it'd also be looked the same for like a gazillion years. Yeah, yeah, and he looks amazing still now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, good stuff. Okay, I would go see that. Um, now the pay per view, on the other hand, let's get into it. Oh wow! We kick off with a a nice little video package. Uh, what we're doing, I think, is. Obviously, we're just coming off WrestleMania 15. Austin's beat The Rock for the title. Um, we're making sure it's clear that these two men are put on the same level, I feel. I feel yep. like Aust- Austin is Austin at this point. Austin's like everywhere and mm-hmm. massive, white, uh, white hot. As, um, but I think The Rock, you know, if, if there's no such thing as Steve Austin, The Rock would be as big as Austin. But yeah, Austin just yeah. takes that to another level. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Um, 
So yeah, that, we just get that little sort of video package setting us up for that that match, and we get a little bit of background around what's going on with Vince, and Vince is sort of out of things. Mm-hmm. Shane's the de facto leader of the corporation. Yep. We've got Undertaker. How would you describe what Undertaker's like at this point? Because I kept thinking Charles Manson. Yeah, like, I don't know, cult leader. I mean, they're 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 basically, I don't know, a few inches away from calling him Satan. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And I this is one of these things and I, I, I don't know what I think of it because I, I think when I was young I maybe thought it was quite cool I liked the idea and now I look Wait, when on you it, were young yeah yeah um younger what about now what about now um I kind of <laughs> think it's a bit shit I, I, like <laughs> I, I just can't like where do you go with it I mean he's not saying <laughs> so and and you're still in a wrestling environment, you know, whatever you're doing with it, your show is a wrestling show. And I think, you know, you can maybe have your character that takes things too far, seems a bit unhinged, whatever. But to be so close to, yeah, this guy's going to murder people. This guy's, you <laughs> know, um, basically Satan. I, I don't know. I, I, I definitely liked it as a kid and I thought, oh, they can go all kinds of places with this. But now when I watch it, I, it doesn't it doesn't do anything for me. I don't like it. That's really interesting, eh? I think what you said there is you're still in a wrestling environment. A lot of time when, when I was watching this pay-per-view, I was like, I think I would quite enjoy watching this as a TV show. Mm, yeah. like, but it is a TV show. It's just that, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, so, yeah. for Vince Russo, it's a wrestling show. Mm-hmm. It's like, at, at this point, we're full on, we're not even sports entertainment really, where it's like, oh fuck, we need to put on a wrestling match every now and again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, un- it's really, really interesting to watch and at times pretty difficult. Um, however, first match, we've got the Brood, Christian Edge and Gangrel taking on three members of the Undertaker's Ministry of Darkness, uh, fully clothed Midian and the Acolytes. Uh, brood entrance, top five, top five. Yeah, I like the brood entrance. Yeah, yeah music, like fire. They didn't come mm-hmm. up through the floor, which I was yeah guided about. Yeah, see what you want about Gangrel. He was horrendous in the ring, but his character was oh yeah, quite and fun to watch. He was he was all in. I think he wasn't holding back with his character at all. Aye, he's living the gimmick, as they say. Mm-hmm. Which I think Vince actually says in this pay-per-view at one point, doesn't he? About Mark. Yeah, he does. We're in in full-on blurring-the-lines territory as well. Um, Anyway, what did you think of the Brood versus fully clothed Midian and the Alkalites? I just didn't get into it. Did you not? No, I, I, I actually... Basically struggled with almost every match on the card, but we'll we'll get there. Um, <laughs> yeah, like I, I I thought it was you know it's telling a story and and they talk through the fact that the brood had been affiliated with the ministry, um, but uh, Christian had given it away that Stephanie was in the boiler room um, yeah. while Shamrock had the ankle lock on him and Undertaker didn't appreciate Stephanie's uh, whereabouts being being revealed, so um, he there was a 
there was a whipping situation for for Christian, um, and uh, obviously that's all led to a, a separation um, from. The, I thought I kind of had it in my mind the brood were kind of always in it, but obviously not uh, in the ministry. Always in um, the ministry, yeah. So mm. it could only have been between mania 15 and this pay-per-view because i seem to remember them coming down from the rafters after the hell yeah. in the cell match with the boss man they're the ones that put the new the noose down and all that mm-hmm. so it must have been relatively um, close to the pay-per-view that's happened yeah um i, I think uh, i got a bit like there was lots of no selling by bradshaw and i, I don't know I'd, I'd, i struggled to get into the match Totally do you know what's funny as i was going to say i think this or the hardcore match were my favorite matches on the card <laughs> wow okay <laughs> i think um yeah <laughs> i struggled with pretty much all of it but like the, you know we'll, we'll get to the main event when we talk about that this mm-hmm. you know i i get it from a storyline point of view i think they're they're con- trying to continue the storyline because you know even while the, while the match is going on the announcers are telling the story about what undertaker said that there will be a tragedy tonight yep. um, and we hear Wait, that that's a bit that's a bit like taking the the work shoot thing too far if he knew all the matches were going to be like they were though mm, yeah um, <laughs> we uh we hear vince and stephanie are there in the building tonight um i've got in my notes one thing that from having watched WCW shows when it was all about the NW and watching this, one thing that JR was so good at compared to the WCW announcers was telling the main event story 100%. and the main the big storylines while still talking about the match that's going on in the ring in front yeah. of him because in WCW they just ignored the match that was going on in front of them. <laughs> I've got that in my notes actually. Uh, JR doing a really good job of, you know, if you've just picked this up like we have, mm-hmm. he's basically telling you everything that's went on the last few weeks yep. whilst talking you through match. Mm-hmm. Uh, highlight the match. Two two highlights of the match. One, what is in that jar that fully clothed Midian has got? Is it an eyeball? <laughs> I feel like it is, yeah. Uh, and Nicole Bass is my father is one of the signs that's quite prominent <laughs> in the crowd. <laughs> um, oh. let's let's just skip through this because you obviously didn't enjoy it and despite me saying that it was my, one of my favourite matches on the card, that is not saying a lot um, it's quite usual affair until Christian, I think the isolate edge for quite a long time, mm-hmm. we got a hot, hot tag to Christian, um, it's not the sort of hot tag that, you know, it's not the usual hot tag, basically it, it turns into Christian coming in and then getting into a three on one situation where the, the brooder um, doing a lot of their sort of tandem moves and all that sort of stuff. Um, I'd like to say out of nowhere, but he can't have came out of nowhere. But the camera makes it look like out of nowhere, Big Vis just appears and kind of squashes Christian. Yeah. Kind of just walks into him, rolls him in the ring, and then obviously JBL has to get his clothesline for Helen takes yeah. Christian's head off and, and they win the match. One, two, three. I've got my notes. I genuinely enjoyed that. So. Nice. Viscera. Good for you. Viscera was massive. Absolutely massive. He really was. Amazing to think they made him king of the ring. 
Yeah, what a weird era that was. Do you remember, was that the 98? No, must be been 99 Rumble when they, they abducted him in the middle of the yeah. middle of match, wouldn't it have been? Yeah, I do remember that. He's like walking back, like ooh, looking like all <laughs> hypnotised. <isn't laughs> Amazing. <laughs> uh, okay. One down. Straight into the next match, which is for the hardcore title. Al Snow, accompanied by Head, taking on the champion, Hardcore Holly. What what a perfect, like that, what does everybody want music intro for Al Snow? Like the crowd shouting Head. Like, perfect for this moment in time mm. in, in WWE. Yeah, that's what this show and this product kind of is. It's like, you know, like the Godfather's ridiculously over because he's got catchphrases that the mm-hmm. crowd are all shouting out or music to to pop to or whatever. It's it's really funny. And also, just going back to what you're saying about the NWO, you can see where Vince Russo's taken a lot of the stuff that he's been doing here mm-hmm. and tried it in WCW and made a bit of a mess of it with yeah. the whole split ups and all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. yeah. anyway hardcore title is on the line at what point did Bob Holly become hardcore do you think I'm not sure I, I, I like <laughs> I remember he was in so many of these type of matches like huge number of them but I assume for like maybe a, like I don't know a year and a half or something it's probably all he did mm-hmm. and, and that, that would have been the gimmick who was his he had his, his kayfabe cousin crash crash and i remember them like because crash always acted like he was like 300 pounds and massive and stuff like that and i think hardcore had to teach him a few lessons but that like hardcore matches and the time that i think it was shown on video clips where he got a massive gash down his back or my main memories of of hardcore holly i am yeah for some wrestling in 2000 they had like a huge big thing didn't they it's just like everybody and their granny was involved in it I seem oh to remember yeah smashing yeah. a sweetie jar over someone J- jr had a sweetie jar yeah over someone yeah that's right and these two these two were involved in a pardon me these two were involved in a match at mania where no it was a st valentine's day massacre one of them somebody ended up and they ended up fighting in the river and all that do you yeah. remember that yeah 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 um okay I, I think for the novelty value of of things, I quite enjoyed this as well. I, I I didn't hate this. I mean, it's a hardcore match, and you know there's going to be a fair amount of nonsense. I think the um, the being all around the arena and like out in like I don't know a, a car park, a, like a loading dock type place, and then mm-hmm. uh, like uh, the one of the trucks or one of the like engineer studio bits or something like that they're, they're kind of yeah, in the truck yeah they're they're sort of all over the place which i found entertaining enough um there were a few things there was one thing that i, I just started laughing when king said it in, in commentary when there's like one of them goes under the ring and just pulls out all this stuff and king's like why would we even have that under there <laughs> Uh, that's exactly someone you asked the other week there when we were <laughs> talking about it. I liked that um, Holly throws a kitchen sink at one point. Yeah. yeah. In the nose humour. 
Um, and I, I, the hip toss onto the from the production truck onto the top of the car looked pretty brutal mm-hmm. um, as well. Uh, I think JR threw in a little joke that probably very few people got about whose car it was. Uh, think, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Fink's car, classic. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, there's a, a horrible superplex onto the table, but it's how would you describe it? It's not the traditional way that you'd go through a table. They, they don't go through it across like, the table. They go yeah, long ways through yeah. it. Yeah. Like, that's asking for death. Yeah. I mean, that when I was watching it, you're you're sort of because when you go through the middle, you kind of know what's going to happen. It's quite predictable. The middle will give, the legs will sort of move a bit inwards and all that. But when you're going that way, it must be far harder to know what's going to happen in terms of the legs being underneath it. Yeah, you'd have thought so. And the table, the table looked like it had seen better days as well. It mm-hmm. Just all looked a bit dodgy. Yeah. Um. Wait. Snow ends up. Snow ends up getting the win. Yes. Yeah. So snow ends up crawling for head. Um, We've all done and, it. And then uh, hits hardcore Holly in the head with head um, to to get the pin win and new hardcore champion. Indeed, and they go on later in the pay per view to have quite an entertaining. I'm saying they, but he, he does what he does a really entertaining interview Michael Cole sitting next to a urinal later on where he's like legitimately having a conversation with him. I don't know what do you haha haha yeah. what do you mean haha well that sort of stuff quite funny yeah I mean talk about you know living the gimmick he again he has thrown himself into that into that yeah. character he's good like uh, we enjoyed him when he was in ECW as well mm-hmm. didn't we yeah this is where this pay-per-view like just I, ironic that he's sitting next to a urinal because this it just goes down the toilet from <laughs> from here for me. We have got the bizarre one, Gold Dust, accompanied by the Blue Mini, um, taking on the Intercontinental Champion, the Godfather. And it is at this point you realise that they've stopped giving a fuck about the Intercontinental Championship yeah. and all of its glory. The fucking Godfather. Now, I liked Papa Shango, but I was also seven. I did not like The Godfather, or The Good Father, or Kama Sutra, or whatever else he was. No. No. Why is he wearing the Intercontinental title? Yeah, that's a really odd one. Um, Yeah. This isn't like... We've covered a lot of stuff about Intercontinental champions matches Mm -hmm. things like that over the years no this isn't going to be remembered as a as a classic or among the glory years for for that title unfortunately i'm I'm sure jr even says something like i I wish i'd written down what he says but he says something that's like one of the more bizarre intercontinental title (laughs) matches or something like that Mm. um so yes we've got the godfather like we said earlier, he's like obviously this is why he's got the title on him. He's ridiculously over because he's gimmick. People love to shout about the whole train, and what else does he say? Roll, what, roll up a fatty, yeah, for your pimp daddy, uh, yeah, pimping ain't easy. Like just all of that. He's that's crazy. 
Would you say he's a limited wrestler? Oh yeah, yeah. I think um, like I remember when uh, I used to see him as part of the nation, which I thought kind of worked. You know, he was all muscle, a big guy, and you've got like these other workers and this ridiculously over charismatic star with him in a group. I thought that worked. I thought uh-huh. it was maybe the best use you would get out of someone like that. But um, as a, a solo performer and this gimmick even, you know, I, I'm sure I was entertained by it again with my younger days. Uh, but now when I see it, I'm a bit like, well, what's the point? <laughs> Why? <sighs> and, on, and on the other side, you've got gold dust. Uh, being called Mummy by the yeah. Blue Meanie. I actually found the Blue Meanie the most entertaining thing about this, but <laughs> it's it's just like how over the top he is. Because uh, you've got him like, he's, uh, he's, he's constantly trying to, it's like he's just being mischievous <laughs> in the early stages, just like lurking around, running around the ring and things like that. And you know, he's going to end up inadvertently uh impact <laughs> negatively impacting gold dust. Um but yeah it's um that's just a bit of shit isn't it? Mm-hmm. I think they're going for comedy about which is fair enough. Um and there's room for that. I just didn't enjoy the actual participants. Um Gold Dust tries to leave at one point. Uh, I think I think does Blue Meanie remind him that he can't win the title? And JR does the mocking. Yeah, JR yeah. does the mummy voice. And it made my skin crawl right <laughs> off my skeleton. Um, anyway, for some reason, Goldust decides that he's going to throw powder of some description in the Godfather's face. It gets knocked into his eyes, sets off a whole comedy act where the Blue Meanie gets in the ring and ends up getting assaulted by so Goldust. Um, the the Godfather hits the whole train, not physically, but that's the name of the move. Um, and he does a Death Valley driver. Isn't it interesting that they never called his finisher a different pimp-related mm-hmm. name? They just call it a Death Valley driver. There must driver. have been quite a few possibilities you could have gone with there. But yeah. Could yeah. have called it, like, the curb crawl or something. Yeah. Call me. Yeah, Call me creative. Do you know when um you know on Bruce Pritchard's podcast when when they'll ask him who is responsible for some of these say creative services? Yeah. Is he is he meaning that's a joke or is it I really is don't he know. Le- legit think... saying that there's like a department called creative services? Yeah, because he has said that a lot. Mm-hmm. Don't really know. Because like it used to often be like to do with um he would talk about uh say costume design or mm-hmm. um a, a promo package or something like that and he would, he would yeah he'd just say well, creative services yeah maybe okay. maybe there was a group of people maybe that sounds yeah. like a good job yeah I'd I'd happily be paid to do something like that um okay anyway. Godfather retains. Thank God the belt is on such a illustrious champion, and hopefully, I've got a bit of information for you around um, the Intercontinental Belt and round about this time. So, 
you know, previous pay-per-view WrestleMania, you had Billy Gunn competing for the hardcore title and Road Dog mm-hmm. competing for the Intercontinental title. Yep. Uh, Billy Gunn was supposed to win the IC title at the Royal Rumble, but he got really drunk the night before the Royal Rumble and oh, told everybody and their granny that he was winning the title. Oh, God. Um, so they soured on him for it and as a punishment put him in the hardcore hardcore scene. <laughs> that doesn't sound right. Um, <laughs> and switched him around with Road Dog. Okay. So that, and that's how they both ended up sort of on the wrong path because yeah, it just it does it feel... never looked right. Aye. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Interesting. So there you go. Apparently so, anyway. Um, next up, we go backstage with Michael Cole in his jeans. No frosted tips. He's oh, in the man. toilets while snow, like we just talked about. Um, unfortunately, we're back to the ring. Uh, he calls uh, Al Snow calls Michael Cole Todd. <laughs> I like that. Um, yeah, he does. He does go very uh, Goodfellas Joe Pesci in in that as well, which yeah. which was amusing me. Yeah, as soon as he started saying it, it brought back memories of having watched it. I was starting to chuckle at that. <laughs> um, okay, our next match is a tag match to determine the number one contenders to take on the current tag team champions, who are Kane and X Pac. Uh, it seems as if they came together. Um, they're like sort of like you got screwed by Triple H, and so did I. So we are mm-hmm. friends, sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, it's the New Age Outlaws taking on Jeff Jarrett and Owen Hart, accompanied by Deborah. Sad fact: this would be the last pay per view that Owen Hart would wrestle on. Mm. Very sad. Um. Oh. There's only one story for me to tell of this match, and it's the fact that I wanted to strangle Jerry Lawler with my bare hands. He wouldn't shut up. I like, I, I get it, right? Okay, <laughs> he's, he's he he loves Deborah. He loves you know, certain parts of her in particular. But um, yeah, maybe I I didn't know whether we had to a little bit blame Road Dog for this because you know he's talking about at the start pre-match and then King just God. yeah I mean she's wearing very little mm-hmm. I get it and they get a massive pop for it mm-hmm. uh, Jeff and Owen but it's just non-stop yeah it's too I don't, much I don't the yeah here boy here boy like especially when he's got you know allegations of inappropriate yeah. behaviour and all that and he's just acting like the sleaziest man on earth. Yeah, you would think you wouldn't go there. But... Don't make it part of your character. Yeah, I bet Vince loved it though. He would 100%. have loved every moment of it. I do have like, in my notes just how damn good Owen is in the ring. Nice. Like, everything he's doing in the ring just looks amazing. A uh, 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 Billy Gunn Owen Hart match here might have been quite fun. Mm. Yeah, because they're they're really putting over the strength of uh, Billy Gunn here. He's yep. he's the very clear power in the match, um, and yeah, Owen's the one showing off a lot of wrestling in it as well. So yeah, that 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 would have probably been an interesting program. Owen is kind of hamstrung by. I feel like at this point in time, he's just kind of like 
yeah, like good in the ring, but there's no mm-hmm. character. Where, I don't yeah, know. where do you? Because I, I know that they'd um, they'd gone to him with the idea that he had a, a on-screen relationship with Deborah, and um, that would be the wedge between him and Jarrett, and then they would go into a program against each other. Okay, but he didn't. He just didn't want anything to do with it. Even just storyline or on screen, he, he wasn't. He, he didn't want to have a relationship with a woman on screen. So he, uh, he he said no, thank you, and then yeah, he's just kind of. It feels like he's just kind of drifting now. Mm-hmm. You get a big nugget chant from the crowd mm. at one point. I've got my notes here that Road Dog might be one of the most decorated but least impressive in-ring wrestlers ever. Yeah, yeah, he's he's never. I remember even thinking this back in the day because everything about them. See when they they first sort of joined together and they were on the scene and they were doing all this controversial stuff before they even um, linked up with uh, DX. Sports um, jerseys and all that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was more, well, I suppose attitude is the word. Um, it, it was it was kind of we road dog about everything other than in ring. And I know he's, he's, he comes from the Armstrong family, very, you know, uh, famous wrestling family. Um, I don't think he's ever claimed to be like the best worker uh, that went. I think he thought thought of himself as entertaining and that probably adds up to, to what we see. Yes. No, 100%. And I think if you're, it's different because if you're watching the shows week to week, you, you probably, um, we did love these guys. Mm-hmm. They're hilarious. And always up to nonsense and winding people up and and all that really, really entertaining. But it's funny when you get to doing what we're doing, and you pick a NXT pay per view, and you're watching something in isolation, and the wrestling's amazing. Yeah. And yeah. then you watch something like this, and it's almost like taking the the full context out of something and just mm-hmm. watching it on its own merits. But this was all built on story and all yeah. built on character. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I've, I've heard the likes of Austin say on, on his Broken Skull sessions, like, if you look at the Attitude Era and you look at the in-ring now and in the last few years, there's absolutely no comparison. They're, they're so much better, the performers in-ring now than they were. They're just maybe at times let down by the story, um, mm. which which doesn't give them enough. And you can see it, you know. I mean, the, I think the fact that the good ones really stand out you know, the Benoit's angles, um, Owens, you know, the Brett, they, they so stand out and it's because what's around them isn't always all that good. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, I don't think there's, again, there's not much to go into. Um, with this, I can go, the, the, the Outlaws followed uh, quite a, a similar template. Every match they had, the Road Dog would eventually get isolated, get the hot tag, and uh, Billy Gunn would show off his strength and athleticism and, and take both guys out. Yep. There's not much more to it, really. Deborah yeah. would get up on the apron every now and again. Do you know what I did find quite funny is, like, it's almost like she really wants to show off. Yeah, I think that's how they were they were playing it, wasn't it? She was really she, she eager to do it. To... Jarrett was dead against it, and that was part of making him get booed by the crowd um, it's so funny because it's like she's got there's not even a person in there it's just like yeah, a yeah. robot that's been like pointed in one direct that's really harsh it's just the character <laughs> she's playing yeah um 
and that's maybe why she got the frying pan out of Ken. But I'm sorry, that's, that's inappropriate. What? Um, but no, it's just funny the way she's like just smiling and like, oh yes, I could, I could do that. And Jarrett, but that's why Jarrett's getting the heat, like you say. But yeah. Um, towards the end of the match, Owen slaps on a sharpshooter uh, on Road Dog. Billy Gunn hits a famouser, famouser, famouser. Um, and the Outlaws get the win and they will go on to take on Kane and X-Pac for the tag team titles at uh, oh god I've got the answer I'm, I'm, you don't have to sit and google it I'm, uh, I'm I don't testing know what you next I don't know Okay, <laughs> they will take on X-Pac and Kane at the first ever Smackdown oh really oh, okay so remember they did a they did like a one off SmackDown in like April and yeah. then they started it from like August or something like that yeah. maybe even November or something. Um, it's that April SmackDown. Nice, nice. And that's when Billy Gunn turns heel. Okay. On Road Dog. Okay. Um, because Road Dog doesn't want to fight with X Pack or something. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh yeah, because they were all still. Aligned, weren't they? They were all yeah. still on side. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, never really worked out for Billy Gunn, did it? Now, I remember hearing a, a funny thing. Again, it was probably on a Bruce Pritchard one where they were saying that they tried to give him the push. And I remember he, he won a King of the Ring, didn't he? Yeah, then, yeah. Uh, this year. And he, he had a, a programme with The Rock and all that. You know, they were, they were giving it a go. But Bruce Pritchard kept going back to this thing about him being asthmatic. And mm-hmm. I'm like thinking, I'm asthmatic. I could, you know, I could be world champion. But uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it sounded like it was a big thing in their minds that, you know, working basically half a match, and especially the way they used to do it, mm-hmm. where Road Dog probably worked about 70, 75% yeah. of each match. Yeah. Um, maybe that is what suited him from a health point of view as, as well as everything else. Yeah. Um, and then you think of matches they had. Remember they had the the dumpster match with mm-hmm. Chainsaw and and Cactus Jack. And you wonder if someone like that is really difficult for them rather than yeah. a normal, mm-hmm. um, yeah, normal yeah. match. Aye, and do you remember that? Was it him that brought out a like this really odd looking woman, or was it the Rock that brought out the odd looking woman under a I can't under a blanket? Which way round it was? It was it was definitely all about that program, but I can't remember which way. I've had nightmares about that woman. She's terrifying. <laughs> Sorry if if she's listening. <laughs> we thought you did a stellar job. <laughs> uh, okay, we go backstage. Michael Cole again. He's with Miles Teller. Uh, or is it Shane McMahon? Shane is, he is full on cocksure himself at this moment in time, isn't he? Yeah, like I, I think um, I quite like the way he's playing this because, you know, he, he very much in the position he's in where it's almost like I'll take over, you know, dad's got stuff going on, whatever, Stupid I'll show you Stephanie. how it's done. Yeah, um, and he's really leaning into the cocky bastard unless he just is and you know I think we've had our thoughts about that after his uh, his <laughs> Royal Rumble uh, performance uh, a year and a bit ago but um, yeah he, he, he's playing it well here as as I think exactly the character they wanted him to be he said basically Cole asks him can you be 
impartial as a guest referee and he, he gives his gives his word on his grandfather's grave possibly um that he will count the one two three if austin puts rock's shoulders to the mat and then oh, I, I love that so the fact they brought up his granddad and then we go backstage straight away with kevin kelly who is like he's acting like he's like I don't know, he's acting like he's interviewing the Queen or something. He's acting really <laughs> weird anyway. He's with Vince and Stephanie, they've got the police pre- presence um, and Kevin Kelly asks Vince what he thinks about Shane invoking the name of Vincent. What is what is his? Uh, oh, was it that, uh, Vincent J? Was it? Or, yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, and Vince just kind of like closes his eyes and shakes his head and Stephanie says she knows how much Grandpop meant to Dad oh brilliant and if that was Kevin Kelly I would have said I don't think Grandpop meant that much to Dad given he went completely against everything that <laughs> Grandpop stood for when he bought the business off him for a dollar I can't believe you're questioning Kevin Kelly's journalistic integrity. <laughs> I did like where Vince says that he is looking after his family rather than worrying about WWE right now. And just sort of thinking the stuff that's gone on over the last year or so, that just seemed hilarious to me. All of this, uh, I really enjoy this um, this whole like loving father character that Vince has just on a dime turned on and suddenly become. I think I kind of forgot about the fact that there was like this sort of really innocent stage of Stephanie as well because I, I remember her when she ended up aligned with Triple H um, oh. and then you know the, the the two of them basically running the show and all that and just being a, a total bitch at, at every possible opportunity but right at the, in this these early stages she was playing a sort of sweet innocent character. Totally. Almost to the point of too sweet <laughs> <laughs> brother for life but it's almost over the top. This, eh, mm-hmm. eh. oh no! Yeah. Don't say the word "grandpop" on anything that I ever watch <laughs> ever again, please. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, we'll come back to Vince and his behaviour. No, I don't want to. On the lips. Uh, okay. Oh. Next matchup is set in the boiler room. Oh. It's gonna be a brawl. Now, this is a rematch from WrestleMania 15, isn't it? Big Show and Mankind had oh, a, yeah. Yeah, had a match was. to decide who would be guest referee. Yeah, that's right. Um, Big Show must have been aligned with the corporation at that point. He's he not, was. He's not I here. think, did he not? He, Vince, like, because he, he got himself disqualified in that match, didn't he? So Mankind would be the ref. And Vince, I think, had a go at him for it. He ended up slapping him or something like that. And maybe, yeah, I think that was maybe the end of their... Uh, relationship those two were you aware that they signed him on a 10-year deal when they signed him from I, yeah I'd heard, I'd heard that somewhere at some point it, just, it seems insane but yeah yeah it's um that's amazing the thing uh, the, the thing is like i think if i think if we ever 
you know, we've talked about doing fantasy booking episodes and all that. Mm-hmm. I think, I think, well, maybe not calling them the big show is uh, the first step in that, but I think somewhere in there, Paul White had potential to be like a really dominant champion. But I, I remember, see, when he was in WCW, he, he was obviously massive, but he could move as well. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Uh, he, did a, he did a drop kick him on the matches. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how quickly that, maybe WWE didn't want him doing stuff like that. Maybe they don't want their huge guys to be leaving the ground in that kind of way. But I always remember thinking it was really impressive mm-hmm. uh, when he was doing that kind of thing. But yeah, he always felt like a massive missed opportunity because, you know, they bring him in. It was, it was the... Valentine's Day Massacre. So, what's the Valentine's Day Massacre? Yeah. Eh? Um, yeah. Um, and, you know, where where they could have gone with it, if, but all of a sudden it just didn't seem that long before he was being like, written as a bit of a buffoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> and, and here he is here. I mean, mankind's, mankind's like Kane in that he's every, he can be anywhere on the card and it's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I guess he's paired here with mankind in that. But this I, I've wrote. Okay, these I've got three things written here, and the third thing is what happens at the very end. The first one is, dude, we can't take notes on this. <laughs> My second one is, I don't like this. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand how you can have have scheduled on the card a hardcore title match that goes all around backstage and all that and then only two or three matches later another match is pretty yeah. much the exact same this was terrible though like I've, I've got a few notes I've got big shows dominating they keep lifting shit up and putting over mankind's head uh, I've got mankind has fallen through glass about five <laughs> times like, why can't he stop falling through glass it's as if he's aiming for it Hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I, I I just thought this was awful. It's like, just a mess. It's just no yeah. entertaining to watch. Yeah. I I genuinely th- so so mankind cuts his hand at one point um, when the glass is used, mm-hmm. and there's so much blood that you think he probably is going to need an ambulance. Um, and at that point, if I if I hadn't already went to switch off, I was just like, oh, this is no entertaining at all. Come to find out that it was fake blood. Oh really? Yeah, I thought it was. I wow. thought it was legit. So there you go, being worked. Oh, um, wow. But it's it's essentially just the big show throwing them about a room. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I've, I've I've seen the big show do this before. Like I remember there was a hardcore match between him, Kane, and Raven. Yes. And basically, they were throwing Raven about for. <laughs> most of them but for some reason i found that quite entertaining and mm-hmm. just this wasn't that was what was that mania that was mania 17 yeah i think it was yeah yeah that had raven in it though yeah true yeah this did not i really like mankind and always have but uh, there's just nothing here i think do you know what i hate to say it out loud but i think this is i think i this put me off mankind, like oh. big style. Have you ever seen that that interview with Hogan, where they the the I think you know that Canadian TSN show. I think it might be on that. Um, and they ask him about Mick Foley, and he's like, 
all due respect, brother, and all, and all this sort of stuff, and then completely trashes him. And he's basically talking about him being, being talking about him being like a glorified uh, stuntman. Okay, and I know uh, Flair said that as well. Oh, really? Has he? Yeah. Um, I I don't think he is that, but I think he be he's possibly became that. I remember he had there were two matches. He had a match with Shawn Michaels, and he had a match with Triple H. And I thought that they were both brilliant. And I thought I came out of those matches believing both those guys could take punishment, which I hadn't really thought of them as that type going in. So mm-hmm. it kind of elevated them. Those, those, when I think of Foley, those are the two matches that sort of stand out in my mind. Okay. So, yeah. Like, take his program and his relationship with The Rock. Stuff like what you've just talked about. Um, he has a brilliant match with Vader in WCW at Halloween Havoc. You know when they used to spin the wheel? Yeah. Yep. Um, it's like a Texas death match or something. Um, this is different from those. Those are wrestling matches with elements mm-hmm. of bumps and yeah. taking punishment. This, So this, this is maybe what I'm thinking. I'm soured on. Yeah, and, and I mean, that, yeah. Me, sorry, go on. Go on. I, I get, I, I get that because there, there isn't the, it's, it's there is no match around it. Basically, it's just a couple of guys fighting in a room and then in some other various areas. It, I don't know why it's so bad because I was thinking, would this have been taped beforehand? Like it must have been. It, yeah. So how could they not have made it good? <laughs> did, they, did they know it was shit? I'd, I don't know. I, and maybe at the time we thought it was amazing. Like, look at what he's maybe. doing to him. Maybe. I feel like stuff like this is the reason why... This, this is a total ridiculous statement, but I genuinely feel like stuff like this is the reason that current wrestling shit. Because they're doing stupid stuff to try and uh, do the same as what they've seen like yeah, years ago how, when they've been young. And how can you top that you know mm-hmm. how can you top yeah I, I i remember that argument being made when he was thrown off the the cell by undertaker as well mm-hmm. you know if if the theory is you've got to have a better match or a better show the next week how how can you top that you know uh, uh, you have to get absolutely ridiculous to to be getting anywhere near and that is um probably not so much wwe but i'm immediately thinking a match between adam cole and Hangman Page on AEW did a Texas death match and one of them has got barbed wire wrapped around their head and they I think I sent it to you, do like a Canadian yeah. destroyer on the other one through a table. Yeah. And that's just did. like on their weekly TV show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at, at least save it for pay-per-view if you have to do it. It's just mental. It's mental. Anyway, we're getting deep there. <laughs> Uh, it's all your fault, Mick Foley. Um, eventually, Foley ends up with a neat little trick where he buries Paul White under a bunch of pipes um, and crawls to Teddy Long, who opens the door for a player. And here's the winner! And that's it. And then Tess and the boss man come out of nowhere and start attacking him. Yeah, Big Show helps them run them off. So, 
Yeah, absolute, just not even really worth talking about. Yeah, terrible. Oh, that's what I was going to say. This reminds me of that stupid halftime heat thing he had with The Rock where he was just like throwing him down yeah. the steps of a stadium as well. Yeah. It's just like, how much punishment can he possibly take? That must have been a, that would be the same year because they had the Rumble match at 99. Yeah. And then that would be that, like, that, what would that be? Super Bowl halftime. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Fun times. I think we cut to Kevin Kelly again. It's either Kevin Kelly or Todd. Um, he is with China, a very angry China. Mm-hmm. Uh, Triple yeah. H is just in the background getting himself ready. But what was the heat with China? Why is she like hate X Pac so much? Yeah, she seems furious. Um, they're uh, and they're, the story seems to be they're calling X Pac ungrateful. Um, reminding him that there's a pecking order uh, mm. and he is down it. Um, they talk about the fact, you know, and then JR sells this in the match as well, the fact that they, they brought him back. And, uh, you know, they're very clearly the ones that turned, but they're kind of the way they talk about it so is as fault. if it was him. Yeah. Um, we got you over. Uh... Yeah. What does that mean to a casual wrestling fan watching this? Uh... Got you over what? You're about to flu. I wonder when I first heard it without maybe obviously knowing. Maybe I didn't know certain phrases like got you over. Did they just mean come over, come over, come on, come from <laughs> WCW, come, come on. Uh, mean, Triple H had the over, damn right I'm over t-shirt. Yeah. I bet I never knew what that meant at the time. Nah, I don't think I did. Um, we then get, oh yeah. Triple H says, I made your ass, I'm going to break your ass. Very good. Must mention body parts <laughs> below the torso. Um, a really weird backstage segment, which I think I remember. Uh, so I had the video of this, and this was on the oh. video of this. So this feels like a little bit extra. Mm-hmm. Coliseum home video. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Um, extra stuff with the big show. He's getting stitches and he's. And his hand, <laughs> his hand is like elephantitis to the nth degree. Um, I don't want to find the big show anymore. Then we go to mankind. I found the mankind Mick Foley stuff really weird because I couldn't tell if he was like at first. I thought is he being Mick Foley here? Because <laughs> rather than be the character, because he is basically saying, "I don't want to have that match anymore. I don't want that anymore. I'm done with that." And then he's like. Pointing out what happened where in the mm. it was really weird. It almost felt like an extra from Beyond the Mat or something. Ah, eh? uh-huh. yeah, strange. It was really weird. Uh, a wee bonus for us for those of us that weren't enjoying the pay per view or something. There, there was one bit that made me laugh when he was talking about where something bad happened to him, and he was like, "But we're not going to talk about that. This is where I married the Big Show and stuff like that." <laughs> Okay, back to the ring. Um, and just one last thing to note in the boiler room brawl, apparently that they had to dub out the crowd who were getting more and more bored and rowdy uh, watching that match and, and booing it quite yeah. a lot because they expected to see people, maybe they expect them to come out of the, yeah. the boiler room and, and make their way out there, but they, they never got to see them. So apparently uh, they booed, they were booing hell out of it and that probably explains why 
the next match mm. um, had such little crowd interaction, but maybe it's just a shit match as well. Yeah. Uh, I never. So so the next match is X Pac v Triple H, and I never. Maybe it's just looking back now, but even when I never felt that Triple H fitted in the corporation. Um, mm-hmm. If you know, he's the, he was the leader. To me, he was the leader of DX, and then he was just sort of like standing next to the rock. And I always remember thinking that felt weird. Um, and I, I never really felt that him and him and X Pac were on the same level either. And like this match never really made any sense to me at all. It's a bit like the if the Rock and Farouk ever had a blow off match, it feels a bit like mm, that. They okay. never ever did that, I don't think. Um, so yeah, I suppose that the story going into it's fine, but what you would probably be looking for is Triple H to like definitively go over and just end this because I have bigger things to be getting on with. A thousand percent. Yeah. That's that's exactly my problem with this. Was like, I've got it written in my notes. Is who is this designed to elevate? Is this designed to elevate X Pac to like main event status or like upper card? Because so, if it is, it doesn't even make a very good job of that either. Because uh, he looks like a little weakling. Yeah, I mean, I know that the, the the thing with him was always the you know he wouldn't give up. He'd take a hell of a beating. He's you know he's he's good in the ring. He knows what he's doing. He's good at selling and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he was probably always one of them that was thought of in ring as like a, a steady hand. You know, mm-hmm. you put somebody in to have matches and, and they'll they'll get a match out of people. But yeah, I think um, I can see your point because surely when you move Triple H out of that situation where he was the leader of DX, unless you're going to build him to, I suppose, either build him to the point where he has reasonable cause to have issue with the rock being the leader in the corporation and wants that spot or you're um having a turn where he sections off against the the corporation and you know is Mm -hmm. elevated to the point where he can go with austin or someone like that you know uh, have, have those matches but yeah um i was thinking about this after you'd mentioned it to me and i thought well maybe you know because they're buddies maybe Maybe Triple H didn't want to bury him, or you know, just things like that. I was that that, that crossed my mind, but then I was thinking, ah, surely he he would see the logic in doing it. Um, yeah, mm. it is strange. I mean, I I get the reason for having the match. I get the story. I think it probably was a mistake to put him in the corporation. I don't. I don't think they needed to move him out of the DX environment when they did. I think he was getting over really strong, and the group worked as it was um they maybe jumped the gun a bit on that um and i think from where he was in dx he could get to main event level as the leader of that group and then break away from them without joining another group just go off on his own yep no i agree you could quite easily had dx taking the mickey out of the ministry taking the mickey mm-hmm. out of the undertaker or the corporation that's quite odd maybe they were thinking the rock, uh, the rock must heal. To, uh, the, the rock must face turn. Mm-hmm. Some point of this year, um, maybe they're thinking rock turns face. Triple H is sort of like 
your main yeah, corporation yeah. guy, but then they go That's corporate right. ministry as well, don't they? Uh-huh. Higher powers, Vince, yeah. and all that. Uh, the teddy yeah. bear. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> dear, dear, dear. Uh, this, aye, going back to what we're saying, I think a text you saying, well, who's this meant to elevate? Because Xbox essentially getting his ass kicked, but also Triple H is needing China like so much interference from China. It mm-hmm. worked when he was a uh, chicken shitty 1996, 97 heel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no so much here if we're supposed to be taking him seriously. Yeah. Uh, as as what I think we're supposed to be taking him seriously. Yeah. I didn't like it. Didn't like it at all. Yeah. The main theme of this pay per view. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, they actually had a point where uh, X Pac hits the X Factor, didn't they? But there's no ref. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, and then there's the low blow by China. Um, and then we got Kane coming out as well. Yeah. Um, Kane, Kane comes out, and the crowd are going absolutely wild at the prospect of him choke slamming China, which I suppose it says a lot about the heat that China's uh, getting. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but JR is firmly on the fuck China train. <laughs> and she wants to be treated like a man. But our music, our music says, "Don't treat me like a woman. Don't treat me like a man." So he's not getting maybe a message. Maybe JR's the guy if he's like head of talent relations that's having to listen to her demanding a pay rise and get get paid the same as Steve Austin and stuff like that. So well, if you ever listen to GR's podcast and he's talked about China, he's hilarious when he talks about China. He hated that woman. Yeah. Oh she's such a nice woman. But by God And then he goes off on a rant about her. She'd come into his office and moan to him and groan to him, complain about not getting paid. Uh, I don't want to go like move for move or anything like that because this feels like Triple H, like Triple H from like I don't know ninety eight to two thousand whenever he stopped wrestling. Triple H doing old school moves, oh. um, oh, it's just a little bit rubbish. It's, it kind of gives credence to that whole uh, line of thought that Triple H needed to be in the ring with somebody that he cared about. Yeah, didn't care about X Pac really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's maybe true. <sighs> Triple H wins this via pedigree. Uh, yeah, just after X Pac had <laughs> Bronco Bastard China. That's your favourite move in, in clearly one of your favourite ever matches. That's uh, good times. Yeah, indeed. And you you never X Pac doesn't come out with a tag t- tag bite ugh, tag bite tag team t- title on or anything like that. So. No. Quite weird. Yeah. Anywho, I think that's that's the longest match on the card. Triple H mm. getting in there early must have started dating Stephanie by this point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. <clears throat> Zero build up to this next match, which I was surprised about. I thought we might get a little video package about Shamrock and Undertaker. Because uh, it seems like there's been storyline involving Ryan, uh, Shamrock, and the, the Undertaker, and him trying to crucify her and all this stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
this was a weird match. And I'm quite interested to get your thoughts on it because the crowd couldn't have given a flying fuck about it. Uh-huh. But I think if we'd been watching this in 2002, they'd have been all over it. Do you know, I'd... there were bits of this I didn't hate. There were bits of this that I thought were shit. Um, like, they, they're constantly, you know, referencing The Undertaker and his group and his followers and all that, and that's fine. I think at the time, Shamrock is seen as one of the, like, loyal lieutenants to Vince, um, or to the corporation, anyway. Um, you get um, quite a lot of attempts by uh, Undertaker to, like, counter some Shamrock submission-style moves, which we've talked about before as always seeming really weird um like just i don't know it doesn't fit it doesn't seem right when you see undertaker doing stuff like that but the bits of this that i did quite like is when it was undertaker power and shamrock grabbing an arm grabbing a leg things like that just trying to to win his way um Mm -hmm. so those bits of the match i thought worked but I'm just not really into seeing some of the stuff Undertaker was was doing in this match. Weird. Especially the character he's playing at this point is this, mm-hmm. like we spoke about earlier, satanic cult leader type character, which given his size, you you think you would be seeing in-ring, powerful, mm-hmm. overpowering, smashing him up, but instead he's doing drop toe holds. Yeah, it's <laughs> weird. And I've, I've got here, this seems to be a weird opportunity to show us that Undertaker's watched a UFC event before. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I liked what, what you liked as well. There's 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 times where he's, Undertaker's got Shamrock up for the choke slam and he, he's like, he holds onto the arm and reverses it into an arm bar. It's yeah. just inc- incredible and really um, innovative for its time, I think. And years forward we'll see likes Benoit um, probably Angle doing stuff like that and think it's amazing I do think Shamrock was ahead of his time um, mm-hmm. the yeah. crowd just didn't care yeah like I I, I think um, on paper I probably would have been quite enthusiastic for this I was, I liked Shamrock Shamrock brought something different it always mm-hmm. felt like he brought something different mm-hmm. um, an Undertaker's Undertaker but yeah, I mean, I've I've got things in my notes saying Taker's like acting like he's Stu Hart in the dungeon with the, <laughs> with Shamrock as one of his new students, um, and I've got why the fuck is Taker locking in a half Boston crab on Shamrock? That <laughs> <laughs> was, was odd, and this was quite long as well. Yeah, um, something that. Right, right towards the end there, I was a little confused about, and I'm being pedantic, but Shamrock hits a belly to belly on Undertaker, which is quite a big move on a big mm-hmm. guy. But then he goes to pick him up into a tombstone, yeah, <laughs> type maneuver. Yeah. Why did he do that? That didn't make any sense, Ken. And that that was immediate. That was the finish, wasn't it? Because he he turned him over, as we've seen uh-huh. happen a few yeah. times, and uh, and hit his own tombstone. Um, and then, what would his sister girlfriend say about that? She'd be uh, devastated. Yeah, I think she'd be a bit concerned about Bradshaw as well. 
Yes, indeed. Well, Bradshaw comes down right towards the end, doesn't he? And he's standing mm-hmm. menacing with a, a baseball bat. He then, afterwards, he gets the nod from Undertaker after Undertaker's tombstone shamrock and got the win. He gets the nod. He waits for the nod like a, like a good boy, then goes in and starts fake choking out shamrock with a baseball bat. Yeah. Probably making sure that he doesn't actually hurt him. Um, yeah, yeah. Spit stinking. But horrible, really. Yeah. Doesn't not... do much for Shamrock. Nah. Nah. I wonder if the whole going against the incest angle was like the end for Shamrock. Maybe, yeah. You hear that, don't you? Yeah. Guys like, say yeah. a lot of things. And... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you always hear that, you know, if somebody says no to different ideas like a few different ideas they they'll just stop coming up with them for them so yeah i've read shamrock's book and he admits that like he wasn't taking it seriously he was drinking Mm. doing drugs and turning up late for shows and all that sort of stuff around about around about this time his heart his heart wasn't in it there was stuff in jr's book as well wasn't there about him basically having to tell shamrock look you know you miss another show or you turn up in no condition to work, you know, I'll find you. I'll, 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 and I'm sure JR references the fact that he's, he's sitting there saying it to somebody who he knows could just kill him. <laughs> Absolutely kill him. That's class. I feel like um, uh, Shamrock's a missed opportunity. Yeah. I'm sure we've talked yeah. about that before. Mm-hmm. I wonder how, like, uh, what do you think Shamrock was better as a heel or a face? Eh, I enjoyed him as a face when Rock was the heel. I thought that, but then their dynamic just always worked. I don't know. They, they, so, they were... so carried by a, a strong character either way. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe it's maybe a bit rose-tinted just because they, it, the matches with them always seemed to work. It just oh, seemed They that... were great. Uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe a, a, what about a Shamrock Mankind program? That'd be interesting because you could have him like destroying him and doing all his submissions and mankind doing the yeah i'm not going to tap out obviously yeah unable to make him Mm -hmm. seem like he's hurting him yeah could leave him an absolute mess but yeah just wouldn't give up mankind keeps trying to be his friend (laughs) that could work (laughs) too late now late but yeah Yeah. okay so that what I've just seen what we're heading towards. In, what are uh, we heading towards? I think, oh, so I, hold on. Oh, yes, I do. I do. I do have it. So why don't you talk us through? Is this when we go backstage? Yeah, so we've got a bit of a, a package on the go first where we see... Uh, oh, Venus. <laughs> we see Austin win the belt at Mania. Vince is absolutely devastated. Got some of the great, I love this stuff, interactions between Rock and Austin. And Rock throwing Austin off a bridge and uh, throwing his belt in. uh, Or apparently throwing his belt in after him. Um, Rock throwing like a funeral for Austin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dearly beloved piece of trash. (laughs) He's got the, but he's wearing the smoking skull belt all along. Didn't throw that in after him. Uh, Austin running over Rock's car and the monster truck, that kind of stuff. I, I loved that. Absolutely loved it. Amazing. 
Uh, we see some stuff with Shane getting a bit physical with Austin as well. So how the hell is he going to be impartial in this uh, as referee in this match? And then, oh no, we've got oh, Vince sending Stephanie into a car. And, uh, he, he, does he, he does not say give daddy a kiss, does he? No, I think you've maybe made that <laughs> Just to add some extra creepiness to it, but he does say does. give me a kiss, though. Yeah, and he does kiss her on the lips, and it's uh-uh. really creepy. Uh-uh. No, she gives him a wee peck on the cheek, and he says, uh-uh. <laughs> "On the lips." Why? Why? And he, she gives him a kiss on the lips. It's maybe one of the worst things I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, if I had been enjoying this show. Up to that point, that might have soured it for me, but why does it? What is this behavior? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> no, he wants to do incest angles between Shamrock and his sister girlfriend, he wants to do incest angles between Stephanie and Shane. He wanted Stephanie when she was pregnant, he wanted it to be his baby. Yeah. What's wrong with this man? Well, many, many things. What would Grandpop say? <laughs> <laughs> he would not like it, I'll tell you that. <sighs> yeah, let's so, move on. <laughs> WrestleMania 15 rematch. Don't call Steve Austin the champion. Take it on The Rock. Special guest referee, Shane McMahon. Do you smell what the rock comes out? He gets a like a like a kind of like yes, we're getting uh-huh. to see the rock type yep. pop. Yeah, he's he's such a good heel, the best uh-huh. heel, yeah. the best. It's amazing. I think he's got the smoking skull belt with him. He's dragging it all on the ground. Yep, he's just full, full on cocky. Does not give a shit. Yeah. Um, can you imagine The Rock ever coming back? It, 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 you know, he seems to be this happy, smiley, walking product of a man these days. Uh-huh. Yeah. Imagine him just coming back and being like, that would be so good. Yeah, like, I, I think it would, I think it would work. Um, I suppose that the thing I've always had in my mind, because it would have to be to face Roman Reigns if he came back. And who's... I would want to boo The Rock in that situation. Mm-hmm. But I imagine a lot of the crowd would be very happy to cheer him, even if he was being this. Uh, you know, just basically who he is now. Uh-huh. It's uh, certainly who he appears to be through like a social media eye or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, but I would want to boo that. But I don't know. Would it be booed? I, 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 th- I think I think people like the, the tribal chief, the tribal chief characters, almost like what the heel rock was like. Now, where he's got catchphrases that people uh-huh. like, and I suppose there's that spectacle of seeing that person, and also these days respect mm-hmm. as well. And it's mm-hmm. I think always that bit harder to boo someone who you respect. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I it would be really ironic. Um, if The Rock ever came back and he was being all, you know, exactly what you're saying, drink my Terramana tequila and whatever, <laughs> uh, 
and and they booed him and cheered Roman Reigns after everything that's went on yeah. over the years. It'd be pretty ironic. But anyway, um, we the Rock is in the ring. We've got Shane coming out. The Rock is in the ring, and then there's just that sort of quiet, and they do the crowd pan, glass shatter. Your TV falls off the wall because of the pop. Amazing, ah, insane. And Austin's just—I don't know. There's something amazing about wa- watching them walking out like that. Uh-huh. Didn't even have to like. I remember Ross, but he wouldn't really do much. He'd walk out, the class would shatter, and it's still the moment on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, ah, the crowd are so just up for seeing him. I remember watching the, one of the interesting things because it's, it's it's a while since I've watched Mania 15, and I remember thinking going into Mania 15 that The Rock wasn't on Austin's level. Well, like, as a, as a younger I, guy watching that, I remember thinking this is, you know, but who is? Who is on Austin's level? So you have to have someone. But I do think they've done quite a good job of elevating The Rock and making him like, I think this match he seemed almost are very close to being Austin's level, which mm. they've done a really good job of because I think not that long before I would have thought, ah, you know, he's he's not there yet. Um, but they've they've done well with it. I think um, I, I think I agree actually. But I, I, it's that kind of Batman and Joker thing where Austin probably wouldn't have been as big if he didn't have a good nemesis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think Austin Rock is like the rivalry of our lifetime. Yeah, probably. Um, mm-hmm. I laugh when I see these doing these A and E shows on rivalries the rock and john cena um, and it's just because of what i watched and what i didn't watch yeah but i just think that's no because it was it was like a, mem- a... in the in the early stages it was very much austin mcmahon but mm-hmm. you needed someone to be in the ring mm-hmm. with austin having the matches with him um and they you know they picked the right guy and they did very well at elevating him where that seemed a realistic feud because um, yeah, it's it's almost it's, it's almost a little bit like totally different storyline and situation but it's almost a bit like with Roman Reigns now he's been so he has been the main man you know for for so long now being in the best storyline for so long how do you actually get it to a stage where it's believable that someone Somebody will go be. in and take that title off him um, yeah it's it must be hard to do yeah yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't really enjoy this match either. <laughs> um, I enjoyed the the camera spot. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. I didn't really enjoy much else of it. Okay. I quite enjoyed it. Like, uh, again, I think because I was watching thinking, how are they going to position The Rock within this match? And I, I thought, well, there's going to be some silliness because obviously, even if you don't believe The Rock is on his level, Shane McMahon's a special ref. So regardless of that, you fully believe that it's totally realistic for Rock to take this title mm-hmm. in, in this in this match. Mm-hmm. But I thought they did quite well of uh, letting The Rock have a lot of offense. Um, so I think the bit you're thinking of, uh, Rock puts Austin on the announce table, takes camera from the cameraman, Rock films Austin as he calls him a piece of trash, flips him off, and then he pans the crowd. And as he turns back, 
Austin catches him and then hits the stunner while Rock's still got the camera. Yep. Absolutely I like that. amazing. One of the yeah. best spots. One of the best spots ever. Underrated yeah. that like. Brilliant. Yeah. That was good. That was good. I've written down there, whoever thought of that is an absolute genius. Because we had seen a few times Rock, you know, he'd take the headset and then he'd yeah, take yeah. a camera and he'd done that yeah. before. But yeah, to actually have a move executed on him in a totally realistic way because his view's impaired by what he can see through uh-huh. the, the camera. It was really good. Really and good. even like the stunner works with the when they're still holding uh-huh. the camera. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. amazing. Proper. Yeah. Proper brilliant. Like this, this match is pretty similar to a lot of Austin uh, Attitude Era matches. Mm-hmm. It's the whole such and such announced on Sunday Night Heat that it will be a no holds bar match. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of fighting up the aisle, across the set, uh, mm-hmm. in the crowd, all that. Um, it's not so much a wrestling match. And in fact, JR says, This is not a wrestling match, folks. <laughs> JR indeed is furious with this situation Austin's in, like this the the peril his title's in. Um, he's in a, you know, he's. I've definitely watched someone else recently where he's doing a. That's a damn shame. It's <laughs> talking about how unfair it all is on Austin. Um, he's, he's such a good announcer, JR. Um, I've got a few notes on a few more spots. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got uh, Shane is starting to be a bit of a little dick. Uh, Austin goes flying into him and knocks him down. And there had been a stipulation, and we were told about this, that if Austin laid his hands on Shane, he'd be stripped of the title. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, rock bottom by rock, Shane puts his... Uh, puts. Yeah, Shane puts Rock's arm over Austin, then counts the two, but Austin kicks out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shane has the bell. Is really this was maybe a wee bit predictable. Really winding up <laughs> uh, Austin with it. Austin ducks. Shane kills the rock with the belt. Um, Shane counts. This definitely happened more than once. Shane counts the one, then the two, then yeah. stops and flips Austin off. Yep. And the other one, I remember being a bit more like he kind of stayed in the position for longer, flipping him off and before realising that he was in a world of trouble. This one, he just very quickly gets out of the ring after yep. doing it. Um, Vince walking down with the actual referee, Earl Hebner, uh, and Vince has the smoking skull belt, which Shane had said to put in his office uh, just before the match up. started. Yep. Yeah, um, Vince with a, a very dominant shoulder barge on Shane, <laughs> As he, as he walks past him, um, Shane's <laughs> really, really annoyed at Vince getting involved in this situation and having the belt. Uh, and Vince goes, he runs through Shane with that belt. He like <sighs> properly hits him and then follows through, knocking him down onto the floor. It's um, funny, you can see Shane wanting to take the hit, so he kind of puts his head down and closes yeah. his eyes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, rocks up um, I think although I, I don't know if I caught it clearly I think he hit Austin with the other belt um, and Hebner's in to make the count but Austin kicks out at two um, 
Rock has the belt again. Austin kicks him, hits the stunner. Rock doesn't go down, staggers about as he, he did more than once when he got mm-hmm. a stunner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Austin then flattens him with the belt. Cover by Austin. One, two, three. Retains the, the title. Um, and Austin is holding up two belts at the end mm. of the night. Quite a good visual. Like yeah. well, I was saying at the end of the night, we're not quite at the end of the night. We're not. No. So we pan to Stephanie in her. We pan to Stephanie in the limousine, or at least getting in the limousine. Yeah. Yep. And then all the acolytes and fully clothed midden and all that start coming out. Oh, Stephanie and started banging on the limousine. <laughs> Can you imagine if there was anyone that listened to this that didn't know that naked Midian had been a thing? It would be so confused by you saying fully clothed Midian. <laughs> I didn't know. He looks like he's wearing pyjamas. <laughs> I always think. So, like, naked Midian's just the next progression in the in the clock yeah. for him. Anyway. Um, they're like, uh, security are like, driver, driver, just go, just go. And she's like, we have to wait, driver. We have to wait for my dad for pop pop. And then the partition comes down and the undertaker does the most dramatic turnaround anybody's ever done in their life. He nearly gives himself whiplash. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> and she screams her head off. What an I- that's an iconic thing, I, I remember. I love People that. People talk about that. Yeah, there were people like I had when I was at college, which I would have been when this was on. There's like one other guy in my in my year in my course that uh, he was a wrestling fan, and I remember we would, we would just like you'd be on the beers sitting just in, like in my flat or something like that. I'd suddenly do the turn. <laughs> Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Definitely did the same. That's so funny. It's so over the top. It's like full on camp, but I think he did it again later in later years with Teddy Long. I saw a wee okay. video earlier. Okay, he doesn't. He doesn't say where to Teddy, but he says something like it. I was like the way this plays out because you've got Vince who's quite pleased um, uh, that that he's done what he felt he needed to do in ring. He seems totally oblivious this happening, which mm-hmm. led me to believe it wasn't shown on the Titan Tron to the, mm-hmm. the crowd at home. It must have only been shown on the to the, the pay-per-view audience. Quite weird though. Eh? Yeah. Because they do pan back to Vince and he's no idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's quite a weird dynamic because obviously Vince and Austin have been feuding for about two years or something at this point, or a year and a half or something. Yeah. Um, he's then helped Austin get the win. You've, you've yeah. got him. It's all over the place a little yeah. bit. But I don't know if it's a bad thing. Yeah, um, I, I, I was questioning that in my mind because, yeah, he was always so dead against Austin winning. He seemed very happy for Rock to win uh, and was trying to help him win at 15. And then I thought, well, yeah, he's obviously thinking his son's gone a little bit out of control uh, with with this sort of extra responsibility. But is that enough for him to suddenly want his long-running arch-enemy to be champion? But yeah, probably best not to overthink it. Um, well, somebody should have told Vince Russo that when they decided that Vince was going to be the higher power. 
Yeah. Ugh. It's me, Austin. It was me, Austin. Oh, how does that work like? Nah, terrible. Terrible. Right, Adam. I asked you at the start, what's the best era of wrestling? This is representative. I, I would say that this is, like I said, we're on... If, maybe WrestleMania 17 is... A lot of people say WrestleMania 17 is the end of the Attitude Era. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I agree with that, but it's, it's, it's roundabout. So, okay. so roundabout here, WrestleMania 15, I, I think is probably roundabout the top of the peak of the Attitude Era. Yeah. What do you think is the best era of wrestling? Having watched this show. It wasn't good. I, uh, ruthless aggression? There was some better in-ring work in Ruthless Aggression. I remember mm. that. Um, think about yeah. think about us watching SummerSlam 2002. How good was that show? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was awesome. I just, I just wonder if the Ruthless... I, thought, I think the same. I wonder if the Ruthless... Oh, God. Be good if I could say it. The the ruthless aggression here. I just wonder if, in retrospect, it it just it's just a yeah. bit better to go back and watch. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, there's definitely some moments from it that I've got in my mind. I mean, the whole um, storyline with uh, well, initially with Triple H and Orton as part of uh, Evolution, and then becoming Triple H and Batista, uh, mm-hmm. which I thought was a great storyline um so yeah there, there, there was some so they obviously still had story as well as maybe some better in-ring uh stuff as well mm. yeah it's, I, I, it's, easy, it's easy to say though isn't it, isn't it yeah there's some stuff i love from you know the you know hogan and savage and stuff like that which is Aye, uh of course years and years ago so yeah there's probably good and bad in all of it i assume um and there's definitely something about there's something in my mind that always makes me go attitude era, but yeah, a lot of it was clearly trash. The thing is, we've watched good at pay-per-views from '98, mm-hmm. and I think 2000 is a good year generally. Yeah, um, WrestleMania probably aside, it just seems like 1999 just went full-on madness. Yeah, it's kind of like what it used to be like everybody's got a gimmick but no longer do they have like a blue collar working gimmick it needs to be raunchy as fuck mm-hmm. yeah it, it's noise very well so I apologise for picking that I thought that would be a good one <laughs> I think I really enjoyed it as a kid yeah. say, say as a kid um, yeah I mean I was I, 18 so yeah I should have known better but I'm sure I enjoyed it as well <laughs> So that was backlash nineteen ninety nine. Tough yeah. going. What I was the thing was I was originally going to go with Vengeance two thousand and five, wasn't I? Batista yeah, Triple H. Bet it's amazing. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> oh well. Okay, your pick next. Okay. Tell me. Tell me. I know what I know what you're doing, but tell me what you're doing. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we are going to watch. And discuss both nights of WrestleMania 39, which is going to be on in 
what, just a couple of weeks? Well, a week and a week and a half. A week and a half. Yeah, first and second April. Yep. So I know I, I I will admit I know very little about the card. I know what the main event is. Okay. Um, I I I'd heard um stories about Brock v Homas. Um. Yeah, I think I did, did. I hear something about is it Austin Theory against John Cena? Is that a thing? Uh, yes, I've got the, I've yeah. got the card in front of me here. Yep. I th- I'm I'm quite intrigued by that actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm intrigued in that. I kind of hope. You remember when uh, Cena came back and he he was like having his matches with like uh, Finn Balor and Kevin Owens and stuff like that. And he I was... love the way you say Finn Balor. He was, uh, and oh, he also had a, a really good match with uh, oh god, um, uh, oh, I can't remember who it was now, but I remember his Owens one really clearly. Okay. Um, and he would give them a lot, you know. He would let them dominate matches. Um, yep. he had a good match with Sami Zayn, but unfortunately he injured himself really. Oh early really? On. Um, but yeah, and I, I'm kind of hoping he is being brought back to elevate. Austin Theory. Um, yeah, and he's he's done a couple of things on TV with him and all that. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, it's funny. I, I'm I'm realizing that I've not really watched a lot of John Cena. I think I have, but really, mm. the only stuff I've watched of John Cena was when he was a rapper, not like uh, PG. Okay. Never give okay. up, John Cena. Mm. And seeing him now on TV. Like, it's very obvious the people that work with script and don't work with script, and he mm-hmm. seems like he's just there, like just n- no shits to give. He's just saying whatever comes in his mm-hmm. in his mind, and I, I, he's quite entertaining actually. Shocking. I remember he, he had a match, and it blew my mind at the time because I assumed this was the end for Daniel Bryan. He had a match with Daniel Bryan when he was just starting to get some momentum behind him and all that. Um, and I thought, well, it's going to be a squash. This is how they put an end to this. Hmm. Obviously, they had some uh, relationship ties on the go and oh, things of course, like that. Yes. But uh, yeah, he, he, he put Daniel Bryan over and I remember being a bit stunned. I was like, hmm. really? <laughs> Gave him plenty of offence and I'm sure he got his hand raised in the match, Daniel Bryan. He's kind of turned into this weird character, John Cena. I don't know if you've ever seen him interviewed, but he's all full of like life tips and very zen and why would I worry about that if I can't change it and here's what I do in my life and all that sort of stuff he's quite an odd character really I wonder if he's playing a character maybe maybe quite impressed with some of his uh, his film roles I've found them quite entertaining he has been good well I'll talk you through what is currently down so there's obviously two nights um so there's only two matches confirmed for each of the two nights. So night one confirmed, Seth Rollins versus Logan Paul. Okay. <laughs> um, night two is confirmed for the undisputed title, Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes. I sent you a clip from Raw last night. Did you like no, that? I've not actually seen it oh, yet. You know? um, okay. Had a bit of a hectic day, so yeah, didn't didn't have. Yeah, so How I will you? watch it. That's a, I was I was trying to do my job while there were men all over the house putting solar panels on and oh, wow. um, electricians in. On you? Are they turning you into some sort of crime fighting? I now wonder call. why I didn't ask them to do that. But uh, disappointingly, just on the roof of the house and, and 
yeah. Powered but, uh, by light. There was there was a it was one of those days where more like we'd phoned a plumber about a week ago and he showed up today while everyone else was in the house and just one of those days there was always stuff going on. Oh well. So, so yeah, but if I will watch, watch it. it. Let me know what you think. I feel like I don't. I cannot watch. I cannot watch the TV show. However, I feel like I see these wee clips of um, Cody Rhodes doing these promos, and I'm always like, "Oh my god, it's amazing!" Anyway, yeah. Um, other matches that are confirmed: Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Okay. Bianca Belair versus Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship. Okay. Brock Lesnar versus Omos. The Homo Sapiens will be <laughs> getting wild. I didn't come up with that. Uh, Gunta versus Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus for the Intercontinental Championship. I think I might quite enjoy that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Austin Theory versus John Cena for the United States Championship. Uh, Becky Lynch, Lita, and Trish Stratus versus Damage Control, which is Bailey, Dakota uh, Kai, Bailey's and Io Sky. Yep. Um, Edge v Finn Balor in a Hell in a Cell match. God Almighty, okay. they are still going on in this twelve-year. Will, that, will that be feud. the end? That'll surely end it. Do you think that? There's talk about Edge, Edge finishing up. Mm. I wonder okay. if they keep putting them in these long-ass <laughs> feuds with everybody. Um, there's a women's WrestleMania Showcase Fatal Four Way Tag Team match, but they've only got one tag team in it so far. That seems like a problem, but okay. Um, a men's Wrestlemania showcase fatal four-way tag team match Ricochet and Braun Strowman versus the Street Profits versus Alpha Academy versus the Viking Raiders did the did the um, I love some of these performers but did the the shine of the return for Braun Strowman did that come off pretty quickly must be off right I mean, I'm sure him and Rick, oh no, the Kanye have been, I was going to say, I'm sure him and Ricochet were tag team champions, but the Kanye have been, because the Usos have been mm-hmm. undisputed tag team uh, champions for a long time. Alpha Academy is Chad Gable and Otis. All right. Um, and from what I've seen, they are what they called the male model faction. What are they called? Can't remember. The, the girl that um, runs this male model thing was trying to get Otis to join and was calling him Otis. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, and the final match that we've got confirmed so far is for the undisputed tag team championship, the Usos versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. I, th- I think I'm quite enthusiastic for that one as well. Hmm. Just because I've I, I I did get I got quite invested in Sami Zayn and his story. <laughs> And they're good. They're good in the ring. Usos. Yeah, they're, they're all, like, I was wondering about this. When you consider, like, longevity and some of the matches and all that, the Usos, we are in an era where tag teams haven't really been spotlighted by WWE, but they must be considered as up there with the, among the, you know, great teams, I would have thought. I mean, they stand out so much because they're, They've had longevity as a team, whereas usually, mm. I think in WWE's eyes, a 
team is to get someone over and then you disband it, but they've been a team for so long. Yeah. But they must have had a hell of a long runs with, with the tag belts and quite a few of them. I would have yeah, they must have, a, have had quite a long career. I'm going to have a look when they mm. debuted. Uh, main roster debut 2010. Yeah, that's, yeah. I don't know. I feel That'll like be... I don't have anything to say on that. I don't, I don't think I'll have seen very much of that. You know, I've seen the more uh-huh. recent. I yeah, just uh... always felt like they're just there on a tag team sort of thing. Not really that impressive. I quite liked, because, you know, they both got their elements of story with um, Roman Reigns, mm-hmm. you know, sort of early on and then later in the day um, with the sort of, you know, you actually will acknowledge me <laughs> despite their early protestations and I, I remember watching Reigns get, I can't remember whether it was Jimmy or Jay get like an excellent match out of one of them uh, on a pay-per-view oh, Jay was amazing yeah, yeah, Roman and, Jay programme was brilliant mm-hmm. and I, I don't know if that in my mind elevated the two Usos because I, I came out of it thinking that they're, they can both go they're, they're mm-hmm. pretty awesome yeah oh well we shall see what it's like then. Last time yeah. we watched a, a, a contemporary mania, we did not enjoy it, so we'll, we'll see how we go on. Yeah, let's see. Let's see. Eight hours of... Imagine we had to watch eight hours worth of 1999. God. Just wrestling. Imagine matches you would fit in that. They'd all be like two minutes long. I'm definitely going to have to watch night one on the Sunday so that I can... Yeah, prepare myself for, oh God, my whole, like, I'll be thinking it'll be work and then watch and then we cover it on the Tuesday. Yeah, definitely, definitely be doing night one on the Sunday. (laughs) Sure you don't want to reconsider your pick? No, we're we're doing it. It's going to happen. Okay. And some of it might be good. The fan cast might take us a good hour. I think we'll have to pick and choose. Do do some more. (laughs) <laughs> let's we'll, we'll we'll discuss this in terms of what matches it's it's tough because we probably want to cover some in from night one some in from night two top two or three matches on the card for each night or something like that sounds like a sounds like a plan okay I look forward to that awesome maybe maybe a little, with some trepidation I look forward to that yeah some of it's going to be terrible but you go in knowing that so that's okay that's true Sometimes yeah. when you go in thinking a film's going to be shite, it's the best thing you've seen in a while. Yeah, absolutely. Bullet, bullet Train. Let's think of it like Bullet Train. Have you seen okay. Bullet Train? I did. I found it quite entertaining. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You thought it was going to be rubbish. I did. There you go. Yeah. See? Okay. WrestleMania 39. Bullet Train. Yeah. Perfect. Excellent. Okay. Take it easy and we shall speak in two weeks' time. Cheers. Cheers, buddy.